What's up, everybody? Today's podcast is Ask Skull Friday. For anyone new tuning in, my name is Stephen Scullion. I'm a 215 marathon runner, 2837, I think, for 10K, 6316 half marathon. I'm documenting my journey to try and make the 2020 Olympics. I'm currently 10 days out from a marathon, Houston Marathon. Um, but enough about that. Today's podcast was designed, the whole point of this podcast in general was to just try to share a bit more about um, the pro lifestyle and my training and, and what I've learned over the years. And so we, I decided, sorry, that on a Friday, I would get people to tweet with the hashtag Ask Skull Friday, and I would then answer your questions. Um, so I'm just searching the hashtag now, and I'm going to hopefully get some questions coming up. That'd be a bit embarrassing if there was no questions. Um, all right. <coughs> Sorry, guys. I get a bit coffee at altitude. Um Right, I have a lot of questions here, so let's try to fly through some of these. Let me see. I'm trying to go back to the first ones from last week. Um, okay, Liam, six days ago, I think you're the most recent. Nope, apologies. Have to go even further back than that. Rory Donnelly, maybe that's Rory. Apologies for that. Ask All Friday, cadence question mark, 180 in sessions and easy runs. My cadence is poor, but I've got a metronome app on my phone now set at 180. Interesting. I have never done anything to work on my cadence. Um, I I don't know that I would encourage it. Um, I'm not an S&C coach or anything, though, but I would, again, not to pick here, but I feel like training would help people a lot more than improving their cadence. So I would say if you train more and you train harder or you focus on, sometimes a lot of people want to focus on smaller things, um, cadence, um, pre-race drink, you know, like pre-race nutrition, meal before a race the night before, et cetera, et cetera. And maybe they only run two or three days a week, you know, so it's kind of like you could probably run five days a week, not worry about what you eat, not worry about your cadence and your PBs will improve. Um, so I don't I don't have enough knowledge on cadence. Um, I think mine, I want to say it's between 180 and 190, but I'm not even sure. Um, yeah, Google it. I remember reading something recently, actually, that um, they noticed different patterns in cadence. Um Mary Morgan, Ask All Friday, what's your cross-training plan? Row or bike, do you incorporate weights? Don't do any cross-training. Um, oh, ever since the start of the comeback, I think I'm, I'm really fortunate that I, I don't um, pick up too many injuries. Um, I, I, I do get injuries, but I, I tend to be able to run through them, just little niggles and like like everybody heard about my quad thing last week or whatever. Um but never enough that I, I have to cross train. I did pick up a knee problem for about two weeks leading into when I was going to do Dublin Marathon. So I'm actually lying already. Um, and I did do some elliptical and I did do some aqua jogging. Hated it, hated every minute of it. Um, but I got it done, maybe 60 minutes at a time, broken up into something like 15 minutes warm up, 
eight times three minutes hard with 60 seconds rest, 15 minutes warmed down. I truly believe if you're hurt or if you're supplementing training, and someone actually sent me an Instagram message about this, if you include cross training and you make it sessions, so 15 times minute on, minute hard, minute easy, um, 10 times two minutes hard, one minute easy, four sets of three minutes medium, one minute easy, two minutes hard, one minute easy, one minute as hard as you can, one minute easy, back to the start, you can get very, very fit. So it's okay if you can't run every day. Cross training definitely helps. Spin bike, elliptical, aqua jog. Probably going to go with aqua jog being the best. Then probably elliptical and then spin bike. Rower, don't have any experience with that. Do you incorporate weights? Yes, just recently, um, probably in the last four or five months. Actually exciting enough, this will be the first uh, marathon I've ever done where weights have been in the program before it. So that'll be really interesting. Um, I've certainly noticed in the longer hard training sessions that I've done, I don't think my hip flexors and glutes, etc. have fatigued as much as maybe they used to. So that's a good sign, but it could also be that I'm just fitter. Um, in my recent newsletter, I, I included the gym program, but if you need to see that, Mary, give me a shout and I'll do that for you. Okay, Liam, how effective is altitude training? and Has it helped you a lot? Honestly, I think it really has. Um, I spend a lot of time at altitude now. It's absolutely awful sometimes and it's really hard work. Um I rarely see my rest and heart rate go under 50 at altitude. Um, at sea level, I think it sits at 36, 37. Um, I think I, I just work harder just being up here. I find it really difficult because um, I used to do quite a lot of web work and other things during the day. But when I'm at altitude, I just get really sleepy and tired after training. Um, and that's pretty tough. Um how effective is altitude training? I think it depends how hard you train when you're up here. I think your first few camps, you have to be really careful. And so sometimes you might not get the results straight away and then think that it's a bad thing. Or you might come up the altitude and train too hard and go home and struggle. I don't think it's like... I don't think it's like coming up here and injecting yourself with some kind of magic fuel that's going to make you PB. But I do think if you come up the altitude and you train smart and you um, maybe focus a bit more at altitude, then you might be able to expect PBs as a result. But it's just like saying, I mean, I, what I've told, one of the rumors was that four weeks at altitude is worth five weeks at sea level. That's what I think somebody said. But five weeks at sea level will not give you a PB unless you're building that five weeks on top of a really good 16 weeks before that. So it is what it is. I think it really helps. I think it's great for endurance athletes, 10K, half marathon, marathon. I think the main thing for me is that I focus a lot more when I'm up here. Um, there is no nightlife at all in Flagstaff. Not not that I'm aware of. Um, so I, I don't come up here and get pissed and party and club till three o'clock in the morning. If I lived at home, that's probably what would happen because I love it at home. But when there is no nightlife scene in Flag, then it's great. I just come up and train and focus and get shit done, basically. But I think that's more the reason why it's helped me. Um, I don't think I can run as much mileage at altitude. But I think the focus makes up for it. Um, all right, next question. 
Sean, I think Sean, you've asked me questions before, but ask us no problem. Um, my girlfriend's laughing at me. Um, as I'm just back from my long run from the week, long runs and variations of the long run should average club runners vary doing their long runners like top athletes do. I've heard you speak of blocks of six and tempo pace long runs. Should this apply to all runners? Um, okay, let's let's talk long runs. At first, I build my long run um, for time. So even in the early stages of the marathon training, like 16 weeks out, I'm already thinking I want to be up to two hours or more. And there's no real emphasis on speed. Um, But I also, within my 16-week build-up, I want to do at least three or four solid long runs. And... That means that the first one might be 40 seconds per mile slower than marathon pace. And maybe I'll do 18 miles. The second one might be 20 miles and it'll be 30 seconds slower than marathon pace. The third and fourth one might be 22, 24 and maybe even as quick as 20 seconds slower than marathon pace. A couple of things. Absolutely brilliant for fitness. Um, If you do it on road or you do the second half on road absolutely brilliant for quads hamstring glutes i'm going to go into my marathon in houston and instead of thinking oh my fucking christ what's going to happen after 21 miles i already know that i'm going to be fine after 21 miles i know that my my quads i know that my hamstrings i know that my glutes are prepared to handle the road handle the tarmac a lot of people don't prepare for that i think that's really really vital also it long slow distance run I just think it's a waste of time. Um, if you're going to go run for two and a half hours, I personally think you gain a lot, lot more making your long run pretty solid. And then you get the benefits of hamstring, quads, glutes, aerobic endurance, blah, blah, blah. You get a lot more bang for your buck. It's not a waste of time if you're out with a group and you enjoy it. It's more training. It's more time on your feet. But I don't necessarily believe in time on the feet because the marathon is not time on the feet. The marathon is 26.2 miles as fast as you can run. Fact. Um, and that's my 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 info on that. Um, in terms of can club runners do that? Absolutely. I don't I don't I don't think there's any reason why not. Um, I think it's about. You might see on Strava that I run 22 miles at 5.20 per mile. But if you go back and you dig, you'll see that maybe four weeks, six weeks before that, I did 18 at 5.40. And then I did 20 at maybe 5.30. I build to it. I don't just go bang straight into it. And so that's what I would not encourage. I would not encourage bang straight into it. But what I would encourage is your two and a half hour long run, once you've built up to that, chuck 20 minutes at the end of it a bit bit more steady see how your body reacts to that i mean you've 16 you've 10 to 12 or 16 weeks to prepare add in 20 minutes at the end of each long run make that 40 minutes two weeks later make it an hour three or four weeks later don't go crazy also if you listen to any of my podcasts recovering from different sessions takes longer if i've done 24 miles at a pretty hard effort on a sunday you heard me move my session to wednesday and i'm a pro athlete i have all this professional recovery stuff sitting around normatex massage twice a week so if you need to do your long solid run on a sunday and not do anything again until thursday friday that's what you got to do you got to listen to your body um but i i absolutely believe they're key i think they're vital okay cheers sean Mark, 
So, So, Mark So, So. Just listen to this episode, the Ask Skull Friday format is brilliant. Actionable tips for everyone. Oh, that's not a question. Thanks, Mark. Anthony Mack, you talked about recovery, but can't remember if you talked about rest days. Do rest days actually prevent injuries? What are the benefits and when should they be taken? I like running every day, but being always told to take a rest day. Never worry about what everybody else says, Anthony. I don't take any rest days. I think my last rest day might have been... Actually, I did take rest days when I had to travel. Um, I don't mess around too much with rest days. Um, Maybe I'm lucky. Maybe I'm durable. Um, I don't think that's the case. I think I just know what my body can handle and what it can't. I skip doubles every now and again just to keep myself feeling um, pretty good. If you're an injury-prone person, you might need to take three or four rest days a week. That's, That's just how it is. But in order to enjoy your running and in order to, for your running not to hurt every day that you run, you have to listen to your body. And so if your maximum, if the maximum load that your body can handle is three to four days a week without getting knee problem, shin problem, um, tight IT bands, etc., etc., then that's what you've got to do. If you find yourself, Anthony, being told to take rest days because somebody read it in a book, nonsense. Tell them to bugger off. You run, if you don't get hurt, if you're an injury prone person and they're giving you advice, it's not that they'll prevent injuries. Rehab can prevent injuries. Foam rolling can prevent injuries. I actually had a discussion with my massage therapist today. We were talking about the hypervolt that I got. um, And I was saying to her, look, at the end of the day, if you get injured and you want the hypervolt to fix it, it's not going to fix it. If you get injured and you want the Normatex to fix your injury, it's not going to fix it. But if you include recovery strategies, foam rolling, Epsom baths, massage, rolling on a like a cricket ball, etc., etc., if you include them into your weekly schedule, make it consistent, keep it in the routine, that's what decreases the injury risk. You can't rely on these parameters or whatever just when you get hurt. And so it's the same with rest days. If you've noticed that you can train well for six weeks, but then you always pick up a little bit of a niggle. Maybe taking a rest day once a week or once every 10 days, say Monday, and then train for a week and basically a half until the next Friday, take a rest day. Um, again, train for the next week all over the weekend, take a rest day on the Monday. If, 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 I, if that was me, if I found that after eight weeks, I kept getting hurt and it was a recurring pattern, Boom, I would put that rest day in there and I would I would just see, is that what fixes it? Maybe then you'll get 25 weeks without an injury. So have a go at that, Anthony. But a lot of people are always really good at giving like opinions and advice and it might help them and that's fabulous. But guys, let's make everything relevant to you. You need to think about you. You need to think about building consistency, staying healthy and enjoying it. Next, what's this now? Karina. Really enjoying following your training journey and podcast. Think you're a human animal. Well, that's lovely. Maybe she's talking about Butchie, though. He's included in this. Ask Skull Friday. Do you supplement with any health food, shop stuff, or just eat food? Um, do, I take, do I take any supplements? You take magnesium. Oh, I do. I, took, I, I got a magnesium. Under Armour told us to get a magnesium oral spray because... 
it's supposed to help sleep and it's also i used to get twitchy muscles when i i mean i i I still do sometimes but i think my legs are just tired but i they used to cramp up in the middle of the night and since i've sprayed the magnesium just once a day at night time it helps anything else zinc zinc did i take zinc yeah only when i get sick Zinc. I used to take iron, but I don't take it anymore because my scores were pretty high. Um, Zinc, I take when I'm sick. I was told zinc, um, probiotics, cod liver oil, vitamin C, obviously. These are what I was told are the only things that are proven to help a cold. So there you go. Um, I also was told cherry juice cherry active actually go to healthspan website and get the zinc lozenges and the cherry active um sachets really good to reduce inflammation um i should actually order some more i've been a bit lazy with it um dennis i suffer from stomach problems in marathons i've tried every gel on the market but the only thing that doesn't upset my stomach is regular coca-cola i'd like to run a marathon without having to carry a bottle hey dennis um I suffer from stomach. I, I've never had stomach problems. I did have flat Coke, though, in my first ever London Marathon. It was actually really nice. Um, if you've tried every gel under the market, I, I, I don't know what I would suggest to you. I, the SIS gels are good for me because they're water-based. Um, that's what I took in previous marathons. But I've now practiced with the Morten gel. And if you haven't tried it, the only thing I would say is that they preach that they don't have any kind of conservatives or preservatives. That's our conservatives. Very good. Apparently, they don't have anything like that in it. So I've I've noticed I don't get any issues with it. The only problem I get is sticky fingers when I'm opening it. And I, so I, I have to have water after so I can either rinse my mouth and also clean my hands because there's nothing worse than run along with sticky fingers. Um, yeah, without having to carry a bottle, that, that must be really annoying. Um, one of the, the only thing I can possibly think of is I once told somebody that they should just carry a few, find a drink perhaps that you can drink that comes in a sachet form, put it in a, either a belt, the sachets in a belt or, um, like tuck them into your shorts, whatever you want to do. Um, and then when you get to a water station, you can pour the solution into a water bottle, um, I know that would help. A lot of a lot of races do actually have bottled water, not um like cups. Cups are really rubbish. Um but yeah, try the Merten ones. Let me know what you think. Um they help me out a little bit, so I guess that's why I'm sort of encouraging that. But I have found zero issue with them whatsoever. I took a Lucasaid gel in my first ever London Marathon when I wasn't like an elite athlete or whatever, and it, it killed my stomach for about three or four mile it was just far too concentrated and this is at like 21 mile in the race and i remember for like two or three mile really struggling and um slowing down but then it then it passed and i was able to keep going um another thing is when you put the gel in let it sit on your mouth let it sit on your tongue digest it slowly rather than just trying to chuck it down you okay chris are you ever concerned oh i love this question when it came in um, are you ever concerned being so open with your training and mindset could offer a potential advantage to your competitors? Do you think you'll be as open in the build up to Tokyo 2020? Yes, absolutely. I will be. Um, I don't know exactly what competitors you're talking about. 
I think Kipchoge's going to make the Olympics, and I don't think Kip- Kipchoge gives a shit about what I'm doing in training. That was like a little joke. But anyway, maybe if we're talking about the Irish, for example, the other Irish guys in the marathon are... I'm the baby. These guys are the veterans. I'm I'm a kid. Um, I'm I think I'm thirty. The majority of these guys are thirty three, thirty four. Um, I'd hope that they already have their training, their their mindset, their their approach to this dialed in. These guys, there's there's guys they've already made the Olympics, so I'd hope that they're not relying on my podcast to help them prepare themselves for their assault on the next Olympics. I also think in the next 18 months, I will run quicker than probably 212 for a marathon, at least 211 and uh, maybe even faster. Um, I already think I could do that at Houston, but we need to be careful because I need to put a solid mark on the board. Um, I mean, last year I went to Houston, mar- our half marathon, and I needed to run 64.30 to get an elite start at London Marathon and to qualify for world half and so we ran the first eight miles at 64 30 pace and i ended up running 63 16 so this 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 marathon is the exact same i i i truly believe that a time around 214 is enough right now with my long-term plan in place it's enough right now to guarantee probably selection for doha world champs and it's probably enough to put me in a pretty strong spot already for Tokyo 2020, given that no Irish athletes have ran under 214.30 for maybe 12 years, 10 years, 8 years, I don't know. Um, am, am I am I concerned at all? No. Um, that's not disrespect. That's I respect all my competitors. It's just that it's, it's one thing, even you guys, it's one thing me telling you. I could tell you everything that I do. Everybody has always been able to see my training before National 10K Champs. Those guys would have knew everything I had done for the eight weeks leading into that. It didn't help them beat me. And that's the thing. Like, I focus on me. I focus on what I can control. And I would love if, if my competitors were listening and they and they took things in that perhaps I'm saying that could help. And that pushes the standard of Irish Marathon running forward. Perfect. That's even better. It means I'll have to dig deeper. It means I might not have the luxury of going to Houston thinking, let's run a safe marathon. Maybe I'll have to nail it. And isn't that just amazing? Um, so very good question. And I do plan to keep going. I promise you that. Okay. We are running a bit of time, but I do want to cover people's questions just, and, and we'll start fresh each week. I'm nearly there. Today, just some easy run on fresh snow. I'm sure that was amazing, Giovanni. I wish you all the best for Houston. Thank you, buddy. Um, I was curious, what's your opinion about the Vaporfly 4%? Um, <clears throat> so everybody probably knows I wore the Vaporfly 4% in London Marathon. Um, at, at that point in time, I wasn't contracted to Under Armour. Um, and when I first wore them in Houston half last year, I, I loved them. I thought they were amazing. Um I I think the cushion suited me. It's the first time I've ever wore a shoe that has a... I, I actually work with Under Armour now a little bit, like trying to um, create a marathon shoe, like a really good marathon shoe. Um, and one of the things I find really cool about the the Vapor 4% and the Vapor Fly is the... I think it's a 10 millimeter drop. And, and I'm a... When I'm... It's different when I'm running on the track, but... When I'm racing a marathon or on the road, I'm a very 
heel strike roll onto the toe athlete. So the 10 millimeter drop is was was really nice. Um the the extra cushion, I think in terms of recovery is is like really nice. Um one of the things I am going to tell you is there's a Google search New York Times um they did a research thing on Strava a lot of people are getting it into their heads that the 4% shoe is the 4% shoe right now is the best marathon shoe in the market that's fact um but it sits at 4% benefit but the Nike streak which i wore in 2017 um 2016 no 2017 i had only been back training in 13 weeks and managed to run 217 in the Nike streak it apparently sits at 3.1% benefit. So I think what people are starting to do is put put the 4% up really high on a pedestal and think that every other shoe on the market is 0%. And that's not the case at all. Um, I, I think, like I said, I think it's a great shoe. I've wore it um, a couple of times in training and I have thought that it that it's shit. And I, and I promise you that, that's not even a lie. Um, maybe it's because I was feeling poor that day. Maybe it's because I wanted it to somehow feel really good and it didn't. Um, one of the things I would say is I think Nike wins because they sell it that it only lasts 50 miles, 60 miles. So people only wear it on race day. Come on, you've tapered, you've trained your ass off. Any bloody shoe might feel good that day, you know. Um, but it is a, it is a really great shoe. There's no doubt about that. I think a lot of people are running pretty fast in it. Um, I what I would say is I think it's injuring a lot of people because it it pushes you to run a different way. So if you haven't practiced in it, um, just just be careful. Um, I hated it in London Marathon. I, I I'll I'll be honest with you. It was really hot. I was pouring bottles of water over my head every mile, and. It, the the foam was absorbing the water and I could feel it squishing and it was really fucking pissing me off. I'll tell you that now. Um, I remember craving um, the likes of a Nike Streak or the new Under Armour flat that I've been um, trying, the Velocity. Um, I, I remember craving a really low profile hard shoe that, that would just not absorb the water. Um, so I think it's an absolute beast of a shoe. I think other companies are working hard to match it and I think they will. Um and yeah, watch this space, just what happens there with other companies and um but I would say try it out first because I think people are getting hurt because they just throw it on marathon day and hope for the best. All right, next question. Slan, really enjoying the pod. Do you have any book recommendations generally for inspiration, motivation, or technical knowledge? Technical knowledge, no. Um Generally for inspiration, motivation, or technical knowledge. Technical knowledge, I don't know. In terms of book, I've heard that the Endure book is really good. Um, You can search for that. I personally liked, what book did I read recently? Um, British Marathon Runner. Um, Can you remember, Rachel? British marathon runner won a medal, came third in the Olympics when it was really hot. Um, same race, Irish athlete medal. Damn it! Um, no, um, no. Chim Paradox is really good, um, but that's more like less motivation, more getting in control with your mental brain and things like that. Apparently, can't hurt me. I'm I'm listening to the audible of can't hurt me, Slen. 
Um, it's the number one best-selling, super honest. Everything in it is super, super honest. Very, 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 very deep and dark at some moments. Um, but but it's been good so far. I'm, I'm kind of just already pretty motivated. And so I, I try to like steer towards like business books and things like that. I actually don't read that much. That was a lie. Um, all right, here we go. Two more questions. Um, Dermy. What are three things you miss from home when away? Wow, soda bread every time. Um, it's very sad. Scones. I don't get scones, but I'm going to keep them under one. Our bread, right? So bread is one, like scones, soda bread, potato bread, wheat and bread. Oh my giddy aunt. Fantastic. Um, curry from the Chinese. Everybody, like, I mean, curry in America is like Indian. It's the same as in, in England. So um, chicken curry from the from the Chinese and just loving it. Um, and I, I really, really miss my my friends. Um, when I go home, I, I love catching up with my friends. I love going out. I love the socializing. Um, it, it doesn't help training at all. But yeah, I, I really miss friends, family. Um, just, just that I, I can go and drive to my grandmother's house. It's like a mile down the road and have cheese and toast and chill out and catch up with them. And then like my parents live like maybe three mile up the road and, um, to be able to just go up to their house on I go up every Sunday for dinner, trying to make a much bigger effort with my, um, family and putting time into that because it's, it's very important. Um, so yeah, th- those three things, um, Gareth. How much difference does talent and natural physiology make? If you took two people on opposite ends of the spectrum and trained them for a marathon, what PB does the one with no talent achieve versus the 213 marathon? Asking for a friend. That's fucking great. Um, um, I don't know. Um, I'm physiologically very talented. Um, I have great natural high levels of hemoglobin um i have a world-class running economy but i but i think i've improved my running economy i don't i don't i think it was naturally pretty good when i was a kid like 14 15 when we tested it but as as i got faster and the speeds got faster the running economy maybe went from like a 165 170 sort of score which is really good to like 200 even so I think through a lot of threshold work, consistent training, that improved. Um, other physiology, I have, I have a pretty high VO2 max. Um, most recently, I haven't um, got like a score over 78, I don't think. I think my best score recently was 76. But that's because I'm out and out marathon runner right now. If I, if I actually trained, like last summer, I bet before Berlin, if I had a VO2 max test, it would have been probably 80 plus um the, the the highest ever i had was like 82 but i think my friend andy vernon actually had like 85 so it just shows you um but in terms of this is it's the, i was asked this question before essentially like it's just like talent versus hard work um everybody's different um i i do think it's well known that in running everybody has a ceiling um I actually said to my girlfriend the other day, talent exists. If if I went to the track, I'm going to compare me to Ross Murray. If we both went to the track, similar level of fitness, and we did 10 by 400s every Tuesday for 10 weeks, eventually I would plateau. And so would Ross. But I think Ross is more talented than I am. So I think he, in that specific 
session 10 by 400 he would see improvements for longer than I would and that's the absorption thing the next thing I'm going to say is however if you if you stick to the same training well then you're limiting yourself to how much you'll absorb that kind of training if you are willing to adapt your training when you notice plateaus I think the untalented athlete I'm not untalented what does that even mean the untalented athlete might be the most disciplined the most hard working might want it more on race day when the talented spoiled runner like it's not going that well for him the untalented one can come from behind and beat him because he he loves it in the marathon especially have you not seen lots of these talented runners getting beat because they just can't hack it um so I don't know the end result. If I'm the 213 marathoner, I'm going to win every time. Um, just kidding. Um, but seriously, I, I I think hard work is is a talent in itself. And if you're willing to work hard and um, somebody asked me earlier that they struggle with self-belief and like I haven't always been the most confident person in the terms of self-belief but right now I just am because I I train hard and I prepare all my weaknesses I conquered them you know I got rid of all my weaknesses and I mean things like making poor choices training hard for two weeks and then binge drinking and waking up depressed I got rid of all that bullshit and all that's left is a a hard-working athlete that makes good decisions he's disciplined and and he's got a good coach and he follows that he's got a really good set up in Flagstaff that allows for good solid training week after week and it 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 can make you feel invincible um you're never invincible because running's running but it gives you the best possible chance if you're preparing as best as you can no matter how how talented you think you are you're not if you're doing everything you can you have the best chance of being successful and I think that's fact um also why you're invincible is because if it doesn't work out, 10 days time, Houston Marathon, I feel invincible. I feel like I'm going to crush it. If I don't, who the fuck cares? Like, I did nothing wrong. Like, you know, I prepared. I did everything I possibly could. I tried my hardest. Like, if I if it's me makes a mess of it, if I train too hard over the next 10 days and get hurt, if I do something stupid on race day, like going out too fast or not doing what I'm told, that's on me. I've got to, I've got to deal with that. If I run a disciplined race, a logical, smart race, and it doesn't work out, that's 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 sport. And and you you dust it off and you move on. So thanks for that, Gareth. Let's let's move away from talent uh, talent. Um let's move more towards um taking care of our shit and, and training and doing everything we can to get better. Um Okay, last question that's just came in and this is my girlfriend being <laughs> funny. Pick one word that describes you. I'm going to say romantic. <laughs> no. Um, hey, did I not have a question on this one? I did. Where did that one go? Someone said pick five words that your friends would describe you. I thought you were going to do it tomorrow. Was I? I just picked my five words. Oh. And I wanted to see if I got any of them right. Okay, one word that describes you. Um, I'm going to say disciplined. End of podcast.